previously on Box Cutters. Wow, that is so loud. Tell me you got a problem. That's actually just a, an individual on his own. I'm sweating. Okay, you're back. You're back. Yeah. You're back. All right. Throwing yes. them out of planes, yeah. making them each. I always get confused between RuPaul and Dennis Rodman. Because that was even too shit for me. I'm scab labour. Box cutters. Box cutters. Box cutters. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 283. The bassy goes boom ba da boom ba da boom ba da boom ba. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Glenn Peters. I love how you say your own name. Yeah, I love it too. I love the sound of my own voice and my own name. We all do. Yeah. We all do. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I think maybe Glenn Peters gets in with his name first so that you don't open up with Box Cutter's own Star Burns. He doesn't have starburns. He's, he's almost there. He's just got I was big checking sideburns. It out before. It's if you have a look at the uh, Box Cutters family portrait on, uh, on on the website at boxcutters.net, you'll you'll see he's got big sideburns. That's all. Just but big sideburns. They're large. They're not si- they're not starburns. There's, there's, they're they're like arrowheads. They're, they're, they're not they're not starburns. And he's not wearing a. He hasn't come second hasn't season wearing it. a top hat. <laughs> Third season. I think third season Starburns has a pipe. I'm not entirely sure. I can't, I can't remember. But uh, I think he's added a, a, an extra something. It's uh, interesting. We're talking about community, by the way. Oh, no, but I do know with my sideburns, only blokes like them. I love your burns. It never comes from the girls. In this week's episode of Box Cutters, special, special treat. Special treat. Toby Halligan's in the house. Yes. Yeah. Double special treat. Nellie Thomas. <gasps> coming in. Talk about Survivor and other reality TV shows she's been watching. So, if you've been waiting for that all these weeks, this is the week it's happening. I've been waiting for years. You've known it because you know met her. That's right. Yeah. 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 I can't wait. It's yeah. yeah. You've heard the talk. I've heard the talk. Now you're going to see the walk. It. Yeah. 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 Look at me. <laughs> I'm roaming. We've uh, we're also going to talk about uh, the new Showtime series Homeland. Uh, we've uh, got some programming news. We're going to talk don't, about don't abandoning. Sound too shows. excited, Josh. <laughs> got some programming news. Some prog- uh, I thought. Be, I thought we had oh, there's something else. Something else. It's always one, my favourite part. We got one thing. We got oh, yeah. Trotters and As Toby we Halligan. We got do. pork. Let's kick it off with, with the, the box, box cutters news. news. Don't you dare do my job. I'll get the union bosses in and start calling demarcation disputes. In this week's news, look, you know what? It's It's been a dull week for news. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. It has been a dull week for, for news. Uh, but Toby Halligan brought this one to, to our attention. Uh, an article from The Age talking about how late programs are keeping kids from decent sleep oh, that shows like Junior MasterChef going until 830 is destroying kids' sleep patterns because they need at least like 12 hours sleep. I would have thought it destroys their souls. Well, there is that as well. That's the ones that are on it. Yeah. And, and the, the, the reason I don't like this story 
is and basically I've told you everything you need to know. Yep. It's, I, I don't think there are any That's details okay. that yep. you actually need. The reason I don't like this story is this is another one of those let's blame television stories when really parents, parents should parenting. just know when to send their kids to bed. Now, wasn't there a Geneva Convention thing that all kids must go to sleep by the time the sport report's over? Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I, th- I thought that's that's what. And that, that's on not the five o'clock news on Channel Ten. Correct. Yeah. It's you know what's why why are kids why do kids have to stay up to watch the end of Junior MasterChef on a Sunday or Monday night? There is no good reason. There's no good reason. Shut up the age. Stop doing stupid stories like that. And and if you're going to wait for a reality show like that to end before you send your kids to bed, those shows just can go on till about three o'clock in the morning yeah. if you don't look out. Yeah, remember when uh, people were complaining because kids weren't doing well at school having watched Big Brother up late? Well, no, I think it's good core material to write an essay about, so well okay. done. Well, I was, and I, I, just, I just think that's, uh, that's separating the wheat from the chaff. Rachel Brown's just a, an apologist for poor parenting. I mean, look at, look at it. I, I'm, I'm just looking at the first couple of couple of paragraphs here. Uh, uh, Ten's uh, modern family and Bondi vet keeps the kids up until 8.30. Yeah, why? Well beyond the bedtime of, of primary school kids. <laughs> why are they watching Bondi vet? Why, why are they even watching Modern Family? Isn't Modern Family PG? Why, why are they... Some, sometimes it's PG. It's got to be. Why are they compulsed to... to have to watch them. What what happened to reading? What happened to reading? What, what happened to catch up TV? Aren't the kids on online now? Yeah, yeah, maybe if because these are all Channel Ten shows, so it's clearly an anti-Channel Ten that Channel Ten is ru- ruining Australia's oh, next God, generation. It's on the age, and that's the whole Murdoch thing. Uh, so it's it's an anti-Channel Ten article. Uh, Channel Ten is ruining the next generation of Australians uh, by having compelling viewing for children, making them stay up late. And really, the article should be, if Channel 10's catch-up TV was a better service, then the kids wouldn't have to stay up late. They did have to go to the University of South Australia's Centre for Sleep Research for legitimization of this article. You saxer? Yes. It's a failed attack on Gina Reinhart. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, it's it's attacking capitalism directly. Correct. Occupy bedtime. Uh, in in other non news, the, the networks. This this is an art, this was an article in the Telegraph titled something like "The Networks Are Changing the Way They Do Business" or something like that, and it's all about Melissa Doyle doesn't want to wake up early in the morning anymore and would rather do an evening or afternoon show. Oh, I've known about that for some time. They're talking uh, now today tonight. Yeah. So yeah, who's the host of Today Tonight now? Can anyone name him? Uh, Naomi Robson, Matt Smith. So, Matt so, Smith. So, voice, voice from to Toby our, Halligan, uh, our silent audience. Voice from Toby Halligan thinks that Doctor Who is the host <laughs> of Today Tonight. Uh, I, I don't is it know. Matt White. It could be. Could could, could be Matt, Matt White. Could be Matt White. Could be anyone. I got I don't a quote know. from from Toby. So so uh, Mel Doyle clearly a step up from there. Sorry. What does it matter? Oh, so they've got to find another host, which means they've got to take someone from somewhere else, which means they've got to take someone from somewhere else again, which means they've got to take someone, you know, get some new talent. And apparently uh, this was only because they couldn't headhunt uh, somebody from Channel 10 uh, to come in and do Today Tonight. Uh, I believe, Georgie, somebody 
sure. I'm, and, I'm going from memory from what I read last night. And uh, and and also uh, apparently uh, Channel Ten is looking to poach Carl Stefanovic. Really? Yeah. According to that article, Channel Ten is looking to really? poach Carl Stefanovic. Isn't Carl doing sixty minutes? Right down the bottom of the uh, uh, of the article it says Channel Ten trying to poach Carl Stefanovic. I don't really care. Right yeah. down the bottom is one nine staffer said he was likely to move to sixty minutes in the new year. But but the, but the, uh, the, the paragraph yeah. above that says uh, ten straight. Yeah, surely there's enough of the children that they have on these news shows. The children presenters who are. Um, making these crazy stories, surely one of them can step up to the plate. No, the children can't because they're too tired because they stayed up to watch Junior Master Chef oh, okay. the night before. It's television's fault. Uh, and and then, and then Laurie Oakes. Laurie Oakes gets up at the Andrew Ollie lecture. And I, I love Laurie Oakes. I think he's a great journalist, great political journalist, has done some wonderful things in his uh, forty. Odd year career, I think forty five years. Well, he was uh, known as a non runner in nineteen seventy five, uh, on the day of the dismissal, because there was some excitement around the uh, the press gallery in Canberra when people did actually see Laurie Oakes running to Parliament House. They right. knew something serious must have been up. That that either that they were either selling snacks or something important was <laughs> no, happening. Yeah, his own snack cage in the <laughs> office. <laughs> uh, so Laurie Oakes, the world of respect for him. But he does not understand that his way has passed. And his Andrew Ollie lecture, the whole thing was was basically bemoaning the fact that the internet has changed journalism as a whole. Because we've got citizen journalists? Because of, because of uh, blogs and because of YouTube that, uh, that journalism is being left out in the cult. And what he doesn't realise is that this is more of a cleansing than a loss. This is getting out the old and after about 10 years, there will be new rules that come out, new responsibilities, new morals that will come out of the new media. And he didn't mention any of that. He didn't, there was no hope for the future that I saw in this, uh, uh, in this speech. So what you're saying, Josh, is Laurie Oaks just lay down, we need the oil. In a couple of millennium. Well, yeah, dinosaurs. I mean, this is really it goes back to to what John and I have been talking about with the uh, the the noise of the dinosaurs slowly dying. This is uh, this is what their cry sounds like. Um, I only heard the part uh, in his lecture about uh, having a shot at Lindsay Tanner, which I found surprising because Lindsay Tanner hide, hides the snacks. Yes, he hides the snacks. <laughs> Um, and because of Lindsay Tanner's book, yeah. I, I, I imagine saying that politicians aren't the brightest, uh, the sharpest knives in the drawer anymore uh, and that uh, nobody can actually do media as a politician because you can't get beyond the 10-second soundbite. Something like that. Um, but I would have thought with Lindsay Tanner being quite a valuable source of information over the last five years, he would have <laughs> liked Lindsay Tanner. I, I would have I would have thought that as as well, and this is this is another thing that he he mentioned. Was, was Tanner a big leaker? When look, no one's saying the that. Theory is, is it? No one's saying Lindsay Tanner was a big leaker. Wasn't all about Rudd coming up to the last election? No one's saying Rudd was a big leaker. I think most but people the, are saying uh, Rudd was a big oh, leaker. That's true. Lots yeah. of people are. Uh, so, so he said that 
politicians don't need journalists anymore because they have YouTube. So so he's 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 upset because politicians actually have a direct line to the people. Yeah, that's 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 a bit sad. But he was also having ha- having a shot um, at politicians for not being good enough. Well, duh. Yeah. I mean, what what about the whole? We get the politicians we deserve. We also get the television journalism we deserve, which is why Laurie Oaks for the last twenty years, your major pieces have been at the no one ever sees it time of nine thirty on a Sunday morning, and which is why Mark Latham is spoiling for another election so he can get out there on the hustings again and, and harass politicians. Yeah, in the street. You know, the people willing to wake up for Laurie Oaks on a Sunday morning got the Laurie Oaks interview on a Sunday morning. I do have to say, I've had a few wonders in the press gallery in Canberra. And I do get a little starstruck when I see Laurie, Laurie Oaks walk around. Because he's, he was the best around. He was the he best was, around. The Laurie Oaks did yeah. kill at the last election, we have to say. He just he was doing wheelies on all our lawns. He was the man. <laughs> he was on fire. It was his last great election. And that, and, and it's, but it's also it's time to go. Like, let go of the reins. At some point, you just have to say, well, the world has changed beyond... Beyond my comprehension of television political journalism, uh, and and no one is listening to me. It doesn't mean that he's relevant. It means that the world has changed beyond his relevancy. Do you Does think, that make sense? Do you think he could walk away? Or I think, do you think he, I he's going to he keep on going until there's a Beaconsfield mind for him. I think you know if if you've got um, if if you've got a few spring rolls and some donuts, I think you could lure him away. Once you've because been... he's fat. What I'm saying is he's fat. <laughs> well, he dropped a bunch of weight. Has he gone back up again? Yeah, he went back up. Yeah. Uh, once you've been in Canberra for five years and he's been in there for forty three thousand years, uh, there's no turning back. He'll be there forever. He's not going to be gone. But the the problem with our press in Canberra is that there's not enough good training for the younger journalists to come through and kick ass. Well, and th- there's not enough opportunity. So so there's there's tra- you could go to Canberra and work with Laurie Oaks. But you're not going to get on camera. No. You're uh, you're not really going to get the opportunity to practice what you've learned because he has that hogging mentality of, well, he is the the journalist. He is the political journalist. That's Canberra. Yeah, that's Canberra as a, as a whole, yeah. which is which is the problem. Which brings us to our most important news of uh, of the week. That's the 7pm project is moving to 6.30, changing its name to the... Pro- oh, sorry. No, that's not. That's not important. Sorry. So, I got that wrong. A few but- weeks ago, I remember somebody talking about the 7pm 7, 7 project's got to change its name because, you know, the project, it sounds like something that somebody's just trying out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And what they've done is they've made it everything about just trying out. They don't even care what time it's on now. Well, and... Uh, I. It's it, it it was funny watching Twitter and every single journo in Australia got this media release at exactly the same time and it was a, a matter of who could be the first out with the tweet yes. about it. <coughs> Josh Canal and <laughs> look, it's small victories, but I take what I can get. Uh, Bazura Project came back with uh, with an excellent tweet of well, we were thinking of dropping the Bazura, but now they've stolen that from us. <laughs> Well, uh, what is it about these these post news service shows changing their names to stupid names? Seven thirty, uh, ABC. You got to qualify it. The project. Uh-huh. 
it, it's it's got to be nondescript. Maybe, That's why. Maybe, maybe they want some street creds. We're from the projects. That's why Footscray changed their name to the Western Bulldogs, so then they could fit in to just in case they went to West Sydney, West Perth, or West Brisbane. Or or in case they wanted to start wearing cowboy hats and tassels. Correct. Yeehaw. Which they do. Yeah, nice. It's, that's how they play best. Yeah. And that is the Box Cutters News. You're listening to, You're box, listening cutters. to box Cutters. Hey, Glenn Peters. Hello, Josh. Hi. Carl. Before you were on uh, our show as, uh, as, as a semi-regular yes. co-host... We, uh, we, we had a co-host uh, named Nellie Thomas. Yes. Comedian around town, does sex shows with kids. And <laughs> oh, Jesus. Already. <laughs> you said it once, it's stuck in my head. <laughs> anyway, she's sitting next to you. Yeah, I am. You've been away. You've been, uh, you, you, you've been traveling the world, seeing the world of reality television. Oh, have I? I've been on a binge. You contacted, you contacted me recently, Nelly. A- anyway, Nelly Thomas. Yeah. Well, yes. Welcome back hello, to Box Hello, Hi. Glenn. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be back. I, I read about Nelly Did in you? the um, iTunes reviews. Uh, Box Cutters was much better when Nelly was on it. <laughs> <laughs> it does say that. It does, does it really? It does yeah. say that just below... They didn't like Game of Thrones. I did. One star. I did. I, I felt like a shag on a rock because I was the only one here did that you did speak, like it. Did you speak up enough in the episode though, I'm Brett? Sure because this guy, Mr. One Star, didn't think so. Uh-oh. All he could hear was me and Glenn going, nah. I hadn't like even it. watched it, so right. I wouldn't have helped. You know what? I would say don't bother. Everyone else in the world would say, oh my God, Actually, Nelly, people, Yeah, everyone people keeps tweeting it. and saying, you've got to watch this, you've got to watch this, you'll love this. best show ever. Well, it hasn't but been on for a couple of months. I got, so. right. I, got, I got a message from Nelly the other day mm-hmm. uh, saying, why didn't you tell me about celebrity rehab? Oh, I was furious. When I discovered, because I finally, after my binge, ran out of new reality shows. And so I Googled. I thought this was quite good for me. I actually Googled top 10 reality shows of all time, thinking someone will have done a list. Yeah, of course. Needless to say, there were hundreds of lists. (laughs) And on one of them was Celebrity Rehab. And when I read these words and I'm like, celebrities in rehab, my first thought was, Fuck you, Josh Kanar. <laughs> I can't. You have known about this for years. <laughs> you have kept this from me. What is it about celebrity re- rehab that has just captured every single part of your essence? <laughs> oh God, do I really need to tell you, honest to God? Because because I've I've watched I've watched celebrity rehab yeah. and and to me it was despicable. The saddest the, the yeah. saddest indictment on our society I yeah. could possibly imagine that that we were we yeah. were just exploiting people's mm. pain to mm. the extent where they have nothing left to live for mm. uh, and and we're going to film their last moments. Mm. Sounds good. It's mm. if you remember remember when uh, Colors magazine and uh, and and Benetton had that ad where they took a photo of an AIDS victim just as he was dying surrounded by his family. That to I me is celebrity you yeah. Of that. Yeah. Celebrity rehab, no doubt, I'm not going to defend it morally. It is morally reprehensible. But I will say at the, at least you do actually have um, some insight into addiction. Like there is some element of um, oh, I was going to say enlightening you. That's too much. But you mm. do learn something from it. And it is quite interesting. And I must admit I thought, wow, if I ever had, you know, a kid or a youngster in my life who had some, like, drug issue, I would make them watch this. It's but, like you but, see the, the kind of go from it being, oh, yeah, it's fine, I'm totally in control to, oh, my fucking Lord, this is completely out of control. But anyone who has lived in a, a major city... yeah. 
has no doubt had some mm. some contact with somebody who, who mm. was an addict mm. and would be familiar with that anyway. Do, do we oh, need to see it? No, I don't think that's true because I think there's a lot of denial about addiction. So, And that's an interesting part of it. Like one, the first series I watched, Dennis Rodman was on mm. and he was there court ordered there because he'd had over 70... Uh, drink driving and violence infractions due to alcohol. Court ordered? Who was the judge? Judge Judy? (laughs) No. Ordered to to be on this team. sent him there. Well, I think he had to go to rehab and that's free. Ah, okay. So he went there and he maintained his denial that he was an alcoholic through the whole thing. Now, look, I I really do – I don't want to come on and defend it because to give you an example of how fucked up it is, they had – uh, Heidi Fleisson, who had a full-on ice addiction. And then they thought, why don't we bring in Tom Sizemore, the man who beat the crap out of her in a domestic violence situation, and maybe he can kick the habit while they're in there together. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. For some chemistry, on-air chemistry. Yeah, that's right. And oh, she gave permission, quote-unquote. But, I mean, really, obviously, if you're on one level it is kind of – you can see that it's amazing level of care, like far greater than you would get in a normal, less expensive rehab. On another, you're like, that is truly despicable. To put her, well, and him, frankly, but her in particular in that position where you're claiming to care for her and then a guy who has beaten the crapper out of her is sitting in group and you're meant to say, you're doing great, Tom, you're t-, you know. So I'm not defending it. But, I, you know, as I tend to do on Box Cutters, I do admit my guilty pleasures. And I did watch it right through and then download another season. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've confessed. I, now give me absolution. Can I tell you, can I run you through what I've been watching? This has been basically my last couple of months. This is the, the, tread, this, this is the, the treadmill, treadmill years. This is the, the Nellie Thomas workout routine. Uh, Dancing with Stars US. Loving it. Chaz Bono, Carson Kresley. Oh, my God. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Again, what took me so long? Really? I was going to ask you. Oh. Is, is that, so that's not below the bar. Oh, of, absolutely of not. I'll get on to that. No, I knew that would trouble you. I'll put that in just for you. Chloe and Lamar, the spin-off from Keeping Up With The Kardashians. That's how much I loved it. <laughs> Project Runway, which I found particularly interesting, actually, even though I'm not at all fashionable. Some Celebrity weeks you rehab. are out. Some weeks you are in. <laughs> <laughs> one minute you're out. No, one minute you're in. The next minute you're out. They need a writer. I'll do it. If anyone's <laughs> listening. Uh, shrink Wrap, which I loved with Pamela Stevenson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, of course, dun, 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 Survivor. I forgot to tell you the most exciting bit of news, which is not at all exciting, but is in a kind of exciting connection, mm. um, which is that one of my favourite contestants of all time, Sugar, from Survivor, mm. uh, is in the latest series of Celebrity Rehab. Oh. Terribly sad for her. Terribly sad they call her a celebrity. Oh, Glenn. Okay. We're not getting off to a good start. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Brett, I told you Somebody we intervene. Shouldn't have sat next to each other. Shouldn't have sat next to each other. Should we jump to a break? Too much sugar for you. Survivor. <laughs> Survivor. Survivor. Okay. Now, did you read the fabulous, although I'm about to have a go at him, Ben Pobji's article about Survivor in the weekend age? Uh, basically wrote an article, you can imagine, get ready for this because I'm going to intake sharply of breath, saying Survivor was dead. Survivor's what? over. What? <gasps> He's, the gist of it was basically how many times can you really watch 
people crapping in the woods and starving for a million bucks? The Surely answer is... 23 at least. As many <laughs> as they'll make. The only thing that's shitting me about this season is that they're not bringing back the old classics. I want to see the food auction. I like to see people who are really hungry trying to decide, do I risk the mystery item? Do I spend my hundred bucks on the off chance that it's a hamburger? <gasps> there you go, it's maggots. I love that <laughs> shit. <laughs> if it was I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, they get straight into the first 17 minutes of the very first season eating worms, yeah, eating yeah, maggots, yeah. straight up. Yeah. The greatest <laughs> moment of I'm a celebrity I've ever seen was they're all fighting over how are we going to make this fire. Yeah. And in the corner, Sean Ryder's taken out a lighter, a cigarette. <laughs> He's lit up a ciggy, put the lighter back in his pocket, and he, he goes, don't know how we're going to do this. <laughs> I didn't you know Sean Ryder was in it. Yeah, last year. Oh, I want to see that. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Correct. Okay, that's got to be my next one. That's last year's season. So this, Are any so of this, you watching Survivor, this I, I'm, current season? I'm not, because I, like I don't like to have spoilers for when we talk. No, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, there's basically, the it's set up, again, they've got the uh, former contestant model. So leading one is coach mm-hmm. of the I was captured in the Pyrenees by pygmies and survived several times yep. delusional grandeur coach. So is that the third season coach? It's going? his third season. And Aussie. And it's also Aussie's third season. So it's a bit actually heroes v villains because, of course, Aussie is the uber survivor who can like climb up trees and get coconuts and shag all the good-looking chicks and whatever. Although quite interesting because Aussie this time has kind of turned quite lazy. He hasn't got fat. But he's hardly trying. He's really, and he chucks a few hissy fits and things like that. But there's two brilliant characters, which you will in particular appreciate. One is a, a, a dude called Cochrane, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this out loud, and you might get cranky with me, but I am going to describe him as a New York Jew. Yeah. He is a classic, stereotypical New York Jew. He's really analytical. He's a fan of the game. He's completely physically inept. He's fucking hilarious. He's he's like a little young Woody Allen. Like he's just torn up inside constantly. Like his wheels are spinning all the time. He's trying to work out who's doing what. Completely paranoid. It's fantastic. I absolutely adore him. The other one. Has he got glasses? He, of course, does he he's talk got with that kind of Woody Allen twang and alabaster skin, and he didn't want to get in the water, and then he was worried about not getting in the water because then people would know that he was worried about getting in the water. And the po- like, you just want to give him a cuddle and go, "It's going to be okay. You're not going to win. Okay, <laughs> there's, there's no that. way you're ever going to win, but just enjoy it. Just look at some boobies. Then, dun, 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 Brandon Hans, Hans, ringing your bell. Nephew of Russell Hans. You know Russell Hans, surely. I know that. I, I know Russell's the name. bad Russell. Russell's oh. the bad, the big, the word, like survivor villain, biggest survivor villain See, my, of all time. Oh, yes. my, big, my big problem with, with survivor is that when they start so talking many. about surnames. Yes, you're lost. I, I'm lost because there are only single, like, single names yeah, on the show. Yeah. So, Russell. Russell. So bad Russell. his nephew. Yeah. Apart from Fair Play. Yeah. Apart from <laughs> Johnny, of course. Yeah. So ostensibly, he has come back on to redeem. The Hans name because, you know, obviously his whole family got a lot of shit from Russell being such a sociopath. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, he is a few sangers short of a picnic basket. And he has got the most severe case of like a Madonna whore complex that I have ever seen. There's a lingerie football model on. 
by the name of, uh, I think it's Mika- no, Michaela. Michaela. And he obviously has got a massive bone for Michaela. So he went out of his way without any insight at all as to what he was doing to try and get rid of her. And he would use language like, I don't need to be around women like that. I'm a married man. I don't want to be tempted. And then go out of his way to demonise her. Like basically called her the slut and whore of the tribe. And what was quite interesting is this poor young woman, of course, had no idea just assume like what have I done have I said something awful to him you know whatever whatever and he's just got this constant struggle between doing God's work as he says and playing survivor with integrity you know how they all bang on about fucking integrity he just he sounds like such a Stephen Baldwin oh it's (laughs) so annoying but it's like if you've got integrity and you don't want to lie why would you go on survivor that you can't Can I tell you one more thing, which is the grossest challenge I've ever seen on Survivor has been in this season. And I thought particularly gross, given that they had at least one Jewish um, contestant. They wrapped them in cling film and... No. Oh, I saw this. I saw this on the soup. This is horrible. Pig on a spit. Pig on a spit that they had their hands tied behind their back. They had to like get like, I was going to say gouge, but like rip... Bits of meat off this boar with their teeth was and spit it into a bucket. It was cooked. Spit it into a bucket and whoever, whichever team spat the most meat into the bucket, you know, won the prize. But for a start, it was absolutely disgusting to watch. Do you know? What, do you remember what the prize was? Uh, it was a lunch. It, you got to keep the meat that you oh, spat that's right. out. Oh, God, I'd blocked that out. I had blocked who, that out. Who thought of that? Yeah. You should have seen it, though. It I think it really was uh, some executives from uh, Triple M. Yes. <laughs> it's, I don't object to the – I mean, I'm a meat eater. I don't object to the meat per se, but it's just a stupid challenge. It's disgusting. Well, and it's got nothing to do with surviving. No. Whereas everything else is, you know, the, the whole idea of endurance or smarts or something has to do with – the, the nature of surviving. The only interesting part of it, and I'm really clutching at straws here, but was that my first thought was, wow, if I'd been there like 18 days or whatever they had, um, it would be very hard not to eat it because they weren't allowed to swallow the meat because then it wouldn't go into the bucket to be weighed. So if you went, oh, just have one bite, and just <laughs> you, you're starving to watch them not do that, there's that element of it. But, I mean, that doesn't justify it. It was gross. Were they taking it in turns like a mouthful? No, no, all at the same time too. It was like piggy, pass the conch, you pass could, the you conch. You could sneak in a mouthful. <laughs> is this some, <laughs> I reckon some might have. Is this like, uh, is, is this some um, Probst last season? I don't, oh, I hope not. If it is, I'm in denial. I don't know if I could watch it without Jeff. He's a linchpin for me. I don't know if they would do it without him. That's the only point with Ben that I disagree because Ben's right. I mean, there is, you know, it has got a bit dated. I will, of course, watch it to the end because I adore it and I'm a, like, hardcore fan. But um, that's the only thing I do genuinely disagree with him. I think Jeff Probes is still a fantastic host and I still don't tire of, I think he's very good at his questions in Tribal Council and understanding the psychology and dynamics of it. I wouldn't want to see another host. So if they came back with a proper host like Regis Philbin. <laughs> proper. <laughs> you say proper. That make it up for you. <sighs> no. But watch it. Get in there. Get in there, box cutter fans. Nelly Thomas, thanks so much oh, for, for joining Oh, it's my absolute us. pleasure. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs>
bits and pork. You're listening to Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. It's a podcast. Homeland is a new show from Showtime in the US. Apparently going to air on Channel 10 in Australia, but really? my, source there, my, my source there is Wikipedia, and I'd be surprised if Showcase doesn't get it first. Mm. Uh, much like Dexter here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, much like Dexter. It's a bit disappointing. Uh, this is the, uh, the, the pricey. A CIA, CIA agent believes that a soldier freed from Afghani terrorist torture camp has been turned into a terrorist during his eight-year imprisonment, but she faces a difficult battle trying to seek the truth while everybody else is keen to claim the man as a hero. Does that sum it up, guys? Mm. I've, I've only seen two episodes of it, so... Uh, well, they, they need a hero because... Uh, they're they're, hold, La- they're holding out dead. for a hero. I need a hero, yes. Um, Bin Laden's dead and they need to uh, have some time to be able to withdraw, to pull out. Right. So, so and, so, and need- this is and and this is this is the guy. This is the guy, uh US Marine Sergeant Nicholas Brody, who uh who was a sergeant captured by Al Qaeda, tortured, uh and uh and maybe has been turned into a terrorist. Mm. But we don't know. We don't know. Well, Although by the end of the first episode, we're pretty bloody sure because they have flashbacks showing him beating up his partner to death. There's various psychological tricks that they use in torture. They they may be false memories. You know what? They may be false memories. I don't care. And this is my problem. (laughs) I don't care. Claire Danes plays the CIA, CIA agent, Carrie Matheson. Yep. And, uh, she's and a bit unhinged. She's 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 a bit unhinged. She's bipolar. She's obsessed with her job because she's got pictures on her kitchen wall. Lots she's of got photos. The pinboard at home. The pinboard yeah, at home. But she she generally, apart from the morning briefing, she's not in the office. Well, she has been put on uh, some kind of probation because she uh, was in Afghanistan and went a little bit rogue. And so has been chastised. And it was that. actually, I'm not sure if it was the second or third uh, episode where she, it was pointed out that she created uh, an international incident. Yes, she did. She paid someone off for something or rather. Yeah, right. So for access to this prisoner that was just about to get executed. So that's the, uh, that's, that's the, the, the story mm. in, in a nutshell. It is based on an Israeli series called Hatufim, uh, which... Uh, it was three years ago in uh, in Israel, and was about a prisoner who was uh, returned and 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 may have been turned. So are they waiting for the second shoe to drop after last week's uh, release of? Uh, I don't know. Israeli I, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the Israeli version, but this is not the no, first. No, in real life. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But yeah. I was just moving past that. Uh, the, uh, the this is the second big. Uh, cable television show that I know of that, that has been adapted from an Israeli series. The first was In Treatment. Ah. Uh, the, and and, and it's, it's kind of interesting because Toby Halligan was, uh, was, was telling me this b- before the show 
that in Israel they they really they turn on a show quickly. So if it's no good, it just gets yeah. taken off air straight yeah. away. So the total population in Israel is only seven point seven million people, right? And mm. you've got to also cut out of that um, the ultra orthodox Jewish community because they tend not to watch television, and mm-hmm. the Arab community, um, which is like a quarter of the population, because I they th- tend to prefer Arab shows. Yeah, although uh, Israeli stations have Arabic subtitles. That's very well. true. But um, nonetheless, according to a bunch of stuff I've read, basically you've got a small demographic, and they tend to be. Uh, uh, highly socially informed and socially engaged, understandably, given you know Israel's context. So apparently that means that typically um, the response time from audiences is incredibly quickly. Like you know, so you'll uh, you like producers will know they've either got a hit or a disaster like one or two weeks in because they've got right. such a small market to. So the, the the cream really rises to the top. Absolutely, it's interesting actually. Like um, with Israel's. Um, industry generally because it's very very new. Israel had a public station from 1940 uh, 1968 um, in the context of the Arab-Israeli war and they have two commercial stations uh, commercial for profit stations um, that generally they launched in 1993 and 2002 and they mostly were airing subtitle episodes of Seinfeld Friends and Everybody Loves Raymond. Every year Israel produces uh, about 10 uh, Israeli shows and because you've got that quite small turnover um, yeah they've just they've got a they tend to respond very very quickly to what goes on in the market but also because they can't make huge bucks like I think um, the, they were quoting uh, a bunch of the articles I was reading about the industry they tend to make shows with about 10% of the average budget of American TV shows um, just because they don't have the money over there. So they're much more likely. It's a bit like the New Zealand effect. Mm. You know, they're more likely to do interesting stuff and experimental stuff because they aren't out to make huge amounts of money. And so they're, you know, they're more likely to do kind of interesting kind of quirky things. Quite like, um, sorry, what's the the, the Israeli name of, I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I'll mispronounce it. Um, I think the English translation is prisoner. Hatufim. Th- thanks for that, Toby. So, so it's, it's really easy for an American producer to see an Israeli show, go, right, well, they've created it on a small budget. I could do this with a small budget, or if I had a little bit more money, I could bring that to uh, America, change it a little bit, and make it a hit show in, in America. And uh, Showtime have done that with, with Homeland. The, uh, the producers are Howard Gordon and Alex Ganser. And in uh, 2010, they signed a deal with Showtime to make Homeland for Showtime and have been working on it since then, uh, had announcements at Comic-Con for it. There's been a lot of buzz about it. Uh, geeks love Claire Danes because, you know, she went out with Ben Lee and broke his heart. Uh, and that's that's, 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 that's that's my understanding. No, it's my so-called life, I'm sure. Oh, you think? Yeah. It is my so-called life? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, they, they, they love Claire Danes. Uh, and also Mandy Patinkin is, uh, is in this show. Playing was, a, a bit of an older Jewish man. Or, or playing... Uh, or playing his character Rube from Dead Like Me. Uh, the uh, I, I couldn't go through it without thinking about Rube. Well, yeah. Because he's so much like Rube. Anyway, so so he he plays her mentor and uh, and kind of guides her through what she's experiencing as far as being a lone wolf investigator trying to find out if this guy has been turned. And he's all almost acts as the moral compass to the show if there is a moral compass. And 
And having just described it the way we, we have just now. But we also had Ray from Due uh, South. Yeah. Having just described it as we have on the show, I can see why it has sold so well to Showtime, why they've put so much money into it, why uh, people are so excited by it, because it sounds like a really interesting, exciting show. When I found out we were going to speak about this, I got quite excited. Um, I half read a review uh, earlier in the week and thought, wow, this sounds like my show. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. But what we end up with is kind of like a, a less good version of 24. Josh... I think I I think in this particular case it's a definite compulsory sticking by the rule of three because I think that did you did you Uh, watch the third episode today Glenn? Yes unfortunately I think it's an irresponsible show I, I, I think it's an actually a bad show a really bad show for our society um, it offends me more than At Home with Julia could ever offend me. I think it's uh, there's a wonderful little but, at, but At Home with Julia was good. At Home, well, that was good. Um, Episode three was. <laughs> I'll give and you four. an idea. Well, one, Claire Danes plays the bad. In, well, she's supposed to be, you know, the Dirty Harry intelligence agent, the Jack Bauer who doesn't play by the rules. I would have had her locked up 15 minutes into this show, thrown away the keys. She And it... And it works around a premise that she's withholding very, very important information. And for withholding that information, she should be in jail, throw away the key. Mm. Um, Which is that, what, what she was told when she broke into the, the Middle Eastern prison. Look, do you want people breaking rules? This is, this is about morals and terrorism. Mm. Do you uh, go down to such a horrible level? There's a speech in there. Bin Laden's dead. American thinks or wants to think that this war is drawing to its ends. Politicians are pushing for a wholesale withdrawal from Afghanistan. But as we all know, Captain, the terrorists are out there after blood. We need Brody in the public eye reminding the public that it's far from over. Absolute bullshit. It's because uh, that is it is one note. The whole show is one note like that. It is it is a, a very basic patriotic, uh, let's find the enemy, the enemy's still there show. And it, I think it is irresponsible. I think it is fear-mongering and, uh, and, and cashing in on, uh, on the, the little questions that people still have about, uh, about is it over. I uh, agree totally with the way you guys are analysing this, but I actually find it a really interesting and fascinating show because I think it's an accurate reflection of American culture. I think it's something that's more difficult to relate to from an Australian perspective. Because I Excellent kind of, point. I, as, as doing background research for Homeland, I started looking into the growth of security organisations after 9-11, for example. And so there are presently uh, 1,271 government organisations and 1,931 private companies that work in the United States on counterterrorism, homeland security and intelligence in over 10,000 locations in the United States. That's mm-hmm. just one of the many, many 
figures I've, I've found. So what I find fascinating about this show and why I totally agree, like w- what I think is compelling about it is the fact that right from the get-go, they're blurring the lines and it's not clear who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. And I agree, like 20 minutes in, I like, was just w- watching the way Danes was violating Brody's privacy. Um, sorry, Carrie was violating his privacy and saying, this is, this is screwed up. You know, this this is totally wrong. And then, uh, but then, you know, as more stuff comes to light, you begin to question whether or not, oh, actually, maybe she is right or not. And at the end of it, I, my, my conclusion was she was behaving irresponsibly. But by the same token, it raises those questions. So I think uh, I agree totally with the analysis you guys are offering. But for that reason, I find it a fascinating show. And I'm not saying it wasn't entertaining. I was really enjoying it. But I was feeling dirty, mm. really dirty, because mm. um, this felt like a show that was written probably 18, 20 months ago before the Arab Spring, perhaps. The 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 problem I have with and, and yes, I've I only managed to see two episodes. I, c- I couldn't get my hand on episode three. Uh, the the problem I have with it is uh, on top of. On top of what it's saying, it is the way it is telling the story. I think it is treating an audience with contempt. It is trying too hard to be manipulative rather than telling the story of uh, of Carrie as uh, a woman who is going through uh, professional, psychological and personal issues and trying to deal with them all by herself at once. But she could be saving America. Yes, she could be saving America, but tell it from her from her perspective. Yeah. Don't keep uh d- don't keep cutting to his own personal flashbacks, his dreams, uh his uh personal moments. If something mm. happens in the garage where she doesn't have a camera, don't show it. Mm. Keep that question happening. What is he doing in there? And there's another problem with a psych thing. I'd I'd hate to be a psychiatrist trying to get people into my office because she refuses to take any um psych psychological uh, you know well, if she help. Seek, if she seeks treatment then she loses she, her job. Terrible, terrible attitude. Doesn't happen even in those jobs. No? Uh, yeah, spooks. I learn everything from television. You can't <laughs> spooks. There, there is no way that in a litigious that in a litigious country like the United States, somebody uh, in government will lose their job from well, mental. Well, maybe not lose their job, but get get stuck and, behind a desk. And if you've come back from eight years in a little hole, you're not going to come straight home to nobody. There is going to be yeah. some help. Um, and there's this sort of stoic, we have to do this ourselves thing, which is so wrong. Mm. If, and if you're going to deal with psych as an issue in television, let's do it properly. Yeah. I think the, the biggest problem with it is they try to grapple with way too many things at once. You know, they're grappling with uh, Bro- uh, Brody's wife's perspective and how she dealt with it and the relationship she's formed in the eight years since he's been gone uh, with the kids and how they're dealing with it. Then you've got the psychological issues of Carrie. Then you've got Brody and what's really going on with him. And I think there's just too much. Like, there's just, yeah. it is so too complicated. Got, you've also got clues in that relationship between Brody and, and his wife that that point towards perhaps what's happened to him and what's he, what he's become since. 
being released. I just think it's too complicated a picture. Uh, like it's we, just a whirlpool. In, in, I, I think in you guys are, are, are having trouble suspending your disbelief. And and I, I watched the third episode, but it's, and, but it's the, and, it's and the it shows? actually started to get into story proper, and I wasn't double thinking the setup of, of I wasn't I wasn't considering what what the real story in in the states is now. I was I, just going along with it as the story. Then, then as they it, should have made it imaginary country, imaginary like they used conflict. to do in West Wing. Yeah, that sort of thing. They should have done that. I also have a problem with the women. West Wing was in America. I have a. It was in America, but all their international conflicts were uh, were invented. They bombed fake countries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, I, I have an issue with the women in the in the series that I've seen so There's a lot far. Of TNA. Well, but there, that seems to be mandatory these days. There is a yeah. lot of TNA, which seems to be mandatory. But uh, I, I'm thinking of three women in particular: Carrie, uh, Brody's wife. Uh, and the who uh, was um, in Firefly? Yes, and the Saudi prince's uh, mistress. They are they are all Hooker. nutcases, sluts, and whores. Yeah, we'd never see Mandy Patinkins. Is that is yeah? Name? We'd never see his hairy sack. No, well, we we never see his hairy sack. It's on his chin. But, never just <laughs> yeah, it is. But but Brody's Brody's wife right is is in love with another man. Uh, has has cheated on cheated on her husband. Uh, is uh, no. Uh, well, you know that she thought he was dead. It's a grey area, but but the but is still is still seeing him, but not seeing him sexually necessarily. Uh, and and then there is uh, a, a woman who is in a Saudi prince's harem. Yeah, these but- these are the three women. Uh, uh, someone who is psychologically unstable. An adulterer and a prostitute. Yeah, it's it's great, isn't it? And and I was I was excited at the very start of this show because the it started in a place it could have been Iraq, it could have been in Pakistan. I was excited. Wow, they're gonna do some on location. We're gonna meet a family, a Pakistani family. Wouldn't that be great? You know, some sort of wire sort of thing. We're gonna meet all the elements of the story. Nah. Wasn't, it, gonna, wasn't it clearly Afghanistan? It, I think they said it was Iraq. Okay. Um but it was it was almost imaginary. It was um so I was excited that it might do that. Um but instead we get these tedious sexual politics stories that are just thrown in for no mm. reason. War and terrorism in 2011 Arab Spring are big issues. Yeah. Why there, do we have to There is plenty yeah, there is plenty them. to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, just just quickly, you liked it. You I'm liked look, it. You'll yes, keep, yeah, you'll keep I'm watching. I'm looking forward it. to the fourth episode. Toby Halligan. Yeah, I'll keep watching it. Yeah, um, I'll keep watching it because I I like the entertainment, but it just angers me. I I can't I can't take that anger. I can't take the uh, treating treating the audience like they're idiots. It just it just doesn't work for me. Anyway, that that is Homeland. You will get your chance to uh, to, to watch be on it. Ten coming up. Soon. It's it, yeah, either on ten or on uh, or, or on Showcase or on Channel BitTorrent. It, it's it's torn us apart. It's the show that has torn box cutters apart. If you watch one thing, If I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be Jeopardy. That's coming here somewhere. One HD started. Ah, oh, because it's it's now a sport. Started last Monday. It's, it's always been a sport. 
uh, but it's going to be in the Olympics. Uh, they <laughs> are one HD are showing. I think they're starting two thousand eight, two thousand and nine season of Jeopardy. So if you've been watching on W, you're well ahead. If you've been watching in the US, you are well, well ahead. If you've never seen it before and you have one HD as one of your channels, watch it. Jeopardy six pm weeknights. There is no better quiz show, and I. I, I will fight letters and numbers people to the death over this. <laughs> the Jeopardy Project. Yeah, it's the Jeopardy Project. 6pm. Glenn? Uh, Holy Flying Circus. It's a show that was made about the life of Brian when they made... It's the uh, sort of... It talks about the what was going through the Monty Python team uh, when Life of Brian came out. And it's a dramatisation, but it's written mm. in a weird way with animation skits the wives are played by men it's totally involved yes i think all of them are involved and it's modern english comedians acting the when, parts when is this on it's on the internet on the internet ah. excellent and what channel on the internet? uh channel BitTorrent, i think it ah, is yeah. nice um and uh, i i don't I'm 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 wary of uh, of uh, forward and, and announcing maybe something that we'll be reviewing Channel 9, Thursday night, 8.30. Unforgettable. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Look, we, uh, we, we ran out of time to do uh, programming news, but... Uh, just quickly, Charlie's Angels has been axed. Uh, person of interest and unforgettable. Brett's pick of the week. Uh, pick of the week. Extended for uh, four seasons. Yep. Uh, and Charlie's Angels brought to mind that uh, the networks are really shooting themselves in the foot, but we're going to have to talk about this next week Yep. instead. Yep. So if you want to know why foot shooting is happening, tune, tune in, in next then. week on oh, Box yeah. Cutters. Uh, just quickly... John and I are going to be at Acme this Thursday night. Rob Jan keeps on talking about you guys on his show. On Does Zero he? G on Mondays Great. at 1 o'clock on Triple R. Excellent. Because mm. Rob Jan's going to be there as well. Uh, Jeremy Baker and uh, Clementine Ford uh, all talking about Star Trek. Fantastic. So that's uh, Acme this Thursday night. Uh, takes $15, part of their live in the studio system. And uh, it's not sold out, is it? Uh, not as yet, no. Because we haven't promoted it. On yeah, because we, we haven't promoted it. Uh, Trotters, Trotters did, you, did you want to play the Trotters theme? Pork is on the table. Now it's Trotters! Right, we were talking about Survivor earlier. Did you know that one of Survivor's biggest stars, Rupert Bonham, is actually running for Governor of Indiana? That's right. He's running with the Libertarian Party. He's um, oh, famous no. for appearing for three separate seasons of Survivor. And to quote Bonham, it's time for a change in Indiana. Hoosiers have consistently voted in professional politicians and look at the results. Hoosiers should have a different choice in 2012. Indiana Libertarian candidates for Congress received um, in 2010 just over 5% of the vote. Um, so, so, uh, so big Gene Hackman fan. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty unlikely he'll go uh, very far there. We were talking where, about... Where sli- do Libertarians sit on the spectrum? Oh, they, uh, they, 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 they don't are. sit 
uh, is strongly in favour of individual freedom. You can't really place them right, left, but uh, extremely so, you know, pro-gun, but pro-legalising drugs as well. Don't think government should interfere in anything at all, basically. Tea Party, Tea Party likes to think that they're libertarian. But they're, but they're not. They, they get confused. Um, we were talking about Dennis Rodman. Did you know that on Celebrity Rehab he was actually diagnosed with Asperger's? Um, so that might explain a lot of the, the problems the old Rodmeister had. Yeah, There's... no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. It only it, begins it, to. <laughs> it, it doesn't. That, that wedding, you, you look up Dennis Rodman wedding photo yeah. that's not described by it, Asperger's. He <laughs> could a wedding dress for his wedding photo. I feel bad. Yes. I feel like, uh, I hope no one with Asperger's is and, uh, and one one more thing, one more thing. Oh, one more thing. Uh, also in season three, there was a particularly funny moment that I found um, following her, uh, her ejection from from sex rehab with Dr. Drew, Carrie-Anne Paniche was allowed back to the Pasadena Recovery Centre after she called Pinsky and asked for help. Pinsky is kind of one of the people who runs the rehab. Uh, this is the celebrity rehab. Pinsky, who explains in this season's fourth episode that treatment for drug addiction must take place before treatment for sex addiction, revealed that her aggressive behaviour during sex rehab was derived from drugs she smuggled in a teddy bear oh. and which were difficult to detect during drug testing because of the medication uh, Paniche took for attention deficit disorder. Irwin says her behaviour had changed by her second appearance Though she did punch a cameraman at one point. <laughs> Who hasn't? This is, this is why I don't like Celebrity that show. rehab, it's a bad show. So sad. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters, episode 283. I want to say thanks very much to Nellie Thomas for coming in. Uh, come to Acme Thursday night. See me, John, Rob, Jan, Joey Baker, Dr. Jamie Baker, Clementine Ford, all talking about Star Trek. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Glenn. I'm Toby Halligan. I do continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks Triple R and Studios we used to record this show. We couldn't do it without them. Find them on the web at triplr.org.au or on radio at 102.7 FM in the Melbourne metro area. This episode was produced by Josh Canal with Brad Crockley, John Richardson, Glenn Peters. It was edited by Josh Canal. My name is Peter Wilson, and then I command the service with my mighty fists. If you enjoyed this episode of Box Cutters, then why not give us money to prove it? You can go to the website at boxcutters.net and click on the big orange button that says Give Us Money. It's that simple. You can go to iTunes and leave us a positive review with as many stars as fits. Or just tell your friends to listen. Try and overload my servers with downloads ID. Also, on the website at boxcutters.net, you can read reviews and news throughout the week. It's also an easy way to get in touch with us. Brett. Yeah. Uh, Josh. Did you notice how Glenn just used his first name, like his share? He said, like, oh, I'm Glenn. Yeah. Did you notice What's that? that? Yeah. What's that? What's some, you, is, is he like the new Danny? The new yeah, Kylie? some kind of star. The new... What? Well, I oh, oh, you were saying shares. Like share. Peters? Yeah, I'm Peters. Well, you know who does call himself Peters? Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.